friends, welcome to Wednesday, December the 22nd. I have good news for you today, and that is that yesterday was the winter solstice. So it was the shortest day of the year. So the good news is that starting tonight, starting today, the days are getting longer every day. You made it. You made it. It's like hump day, right? It's like, it's like uh, hey, hump day of winter. Um, we are now moving towards longer days. And I don't know about you, but uh, I, I have to really be deliberate about the short days, the darkness, the cold, the winter, the gray. I have to be very deliberate. In fact, I handed out a little booklet to the church family this past week called Don't Waste Your Winter. And uh, if you'd like a copy, uh, we'll be happy to send it to you if you'll reach out to the church office. But uh, it's really the, the exercise regimen, the vitamin regimen, the, 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 the spiritual regimen that I employ to keep my heart um, looking up and hopeful and have a good attitude during the short gray days of winter. So maybe it'll be a blessing to you. But hey, yesterday was the solstice, so the days are getting longer and brighter. Um, I wish I could say they're getting warmer, but in Connecticut, they're just going to keep getting colder for a little while. It is also the 22nd, which means it's my 32nd wedding anniversary today. And I would be remiss if I didn't say how much I love Dana, how thankful I am for her and for her friendship. She's my best friend and my companion, and she's a wonderful, wonderful lady, and she's my girl, and I just love her, and I'm so thankful that we are doing this together, that we're doing life together. And so um, I'll be celebrating somehow tonight. Hey, a quick reminder, this went tonight and, uh, and next week, there's no on-site ministry at the church. We're on a group break uh, and sort of a holiday break, and so we will resume Wednesday nights in January. And so we hope you'll use that extra time with your family and maybe get some rest or do something fun together. We're in Psalm 72, and I'll try to be brief today, but we're picking it up in about verse 7, 8. We left off yesterday. We're talking about the Messianic kingdom of Jesus. What a wonderful week to do it uh, as we as we cherish the Christmas story on a week like this. We need to frame that Christmas story in the bigger story, okay? This is not just about a baby or an inspiring figure. This is about God of all creation, the creator of the universe becoming a man, the forever pre-existent son of God coming to earth and putting on a human body. And now he's in that glorified human body, but he stayed in that body and he still has that body. You know, it's interesting, after the resurrection, um, Jesus still had his scars. And by all understanding, he still has them today. And when we see him, he will be in a body and he will be wearing those scars for all of eternity. And that's a staggering and a humbling thought uh, of the price that he not only paid, uh, but the eternal price that he paid to put himself in a human body and to wear those scars forever and ever. Why? For you and for me because he loves us and he wanted to redeem us. He could have destroyed us and he would have been perfectly right as a judge to do so. But in love, he decided to redeem us and to save us. And one day he's going he's gonna to reclaim us into that forever kingdom. And the word redemption in the New Testament is really full of that sense. It's not just that I have been redeemed. It is that I will be redeemed. He will one day literally physically consummate that redemption. And that's what we're reading about. And we talked yesterday about flourishing in his kingdom with abundance and peace. 
Uh, verse 8, it says, He, this is Jesus, shall have dominion also from sea to sea and from the river unto the ends of the earth. So just geographically, his reign will be comprehensive. He'll have total control. We're talking about an all-wise king. We're talking about a perfect, holy, pure king and, and an all-powerful king and, frankly, an omnipresent king. He's everywhere. This can be only Jesus. His reign will span the entire globe to the ends of the earth. And look at verse 9. And they that dwell in the wilderness shall bow before him, and his enemies shall list, uh, lick the dust. I don't know what's wrong with my enunciation lately. I keep mispronouncing words a lot. His enemies shall lick the dust. What is this phraseology in verse 9? They that dwell in the wilderness. Well, literally, when you go to the Holy Land, there are these nomadic people that are way out in the middle of nowhere, and they live off of very, you know, meager provisions. They live in tents. Uh, they go from oasis to oasis or to spring to spring, and it's, it's, it's sort of a nomadic, disenfranchised, disconnected existence. It's kind of a people group that do doesn't care about anybody else, and nobody really cares much about them. Um, they're just completely impoverished and, and left to themselves and just kind of surviving. And it's kind of it's kind of heartbreaking when you go to the Holy Land or where you go to other parts of the earth and you see these kinds of people. And they're everywhere, really. They, they're in America as well. Um, if you go to Guatemala, where my brother serves, you, you go to the most remote regions of Guatemala and there's people living this way. <clears throat> they're no threat to any government. No government's really a threat to them. They're just barely surviving. And I say nobody cares about them. They don't really care about anybody else. I'm talking about just in general, okay, the population of planet Earth. <clears throat> but the sense of this verse is that Jesus cares about them. And they will come under his rule and reign. And what that means is provision and protection and safety and abundance and flourishing, even for those people. So the, the sense of this in an ancient uh, worshiper would have been, that the reign of the Messiah will be abundant for even the most remote people. It will be flourishing for even the most disenfranchised, even the most unlovely, unlovable, filthy, uh, those which society least values will come under the love and care and provision of Messiah. And then this phrase, and his enemies shall lick the dust. Uh, I love that phrase because there's a lot of enemies of Jesus right now today. There's a lot of people, there's a lot of powers on planet Earth that if he were to come back today, and, and he could, if he were to come back today, they would ball their fists up, they would gather their military might, and they would try to, they would try to take him down. They would want to destroy him. And there, there really is no threat. There's no threat to Jesus, and there's no threat to the follower of Jesus. There's no threat to the people that belong to God. The worst enemies will be licking the dust. It's a phrase, it's a metaphor, we don't really use it today, but it's a metaphor that they'll be flattened, okay? He will flatten them. It's kind of the same as uh, in the previous verse, the cutting down of the grass, or like Isaiah, the cutting down of trees. It's, it's a picture of God just flattening anybody that will resist his love and care and provision for his creation. He will be a perfect, righteous judge that will rule in peace 
and flourishing happiness and hope and anybody that's a threat to that, he will flatten. Verse 10, the kings of Tarshish and the isles shall bring presents. The kings of Sheba and Seba shall offer gifts. Yea, all kings. So verse 10 did was foreshadowed in Solomon. Solomon was the envy of the world. But look at verse 11. It points right back to Jesus. Yea, all kings shall fall down before him. All nations shall serve him. Oh, my friend, we could do this forever. And I hope this isn't boring to you. Um, we're just tracking through and unfolding the promises of God. And they're huge. And the implications of these promises are huge for your heart and mine today in 2021. You know, if you turn on the news today, you're going to read about China encroaching and building up and amassing, threatening Taiwan. You're going to read about Russia amassing on the border of Ukraine. Um, you're going you're gonna to read about migrants uh, flooding across the southern border of the U.S., longing and desperate for hope and for safety and security. And whatever your political views about all this, okay, you can't read the Bible without stepping back and looking at the big picture of this and seeing this place is a mess. Planet Earth is a mess, and people are in trouble. People are living every day under threats, and it could be a personal threat. You might be expecting a call from a doctor right now. It could be just that up-close personal threat, but it could just be the civil, the global state of things. Uh, I've been praying a lot in recent weeks for the people of Arkansas. You know, it, it's, it's crazy to think what that tornado, a couple of tornadoes did. They were on the ground for hundreds of miles in a way that the country has never seen. There's not on record any kind of storm like that that just wiped off the map entire towns. Their entire cities of people, and I was in Arkansas, not Arkansas, Kentucky, I, I, getting those states interposed. Kentucky, I was just there uh, not only not even a year ago with Don Sisk, and we were just within a few miles of some of these cities. And you drive through these towns, and they're just small, uh, you know, local, just small-town America. And, and people have lived there for generations. And entire homes and churches and cities and city halls and, and chambers of commerce, they have been just decimated. And we look at that, and our hearts break. But we look at Scripture, and our hearts revive with hope. And it reminds me of that, uh, of, that, of that song, was it Henry Wadsworth Longfellow? I heard the bells on Christmas Day. And how he gets so despairing. There is no peace on earth, I said. <laughs> you know, this God is not good and things don't look good. Uh, then told the bells more loud and deep, God is not dead, nor doth he sleep. The wrong shall fail, the right prevail with peace on earth, goodwill toward men. This is the sense of this psalm. Psalm 72 is a Christmas psalm, but it's a big Christmas psalm. It's not a little baby in a manger Christmas psalm. It's big. So let your heart marinate in that today. Happy Wednesday. Have a great day, and I'll see you tomorrow.